this is the Epic Success Podcast with your host, Dr. Shannon Irvin, veteran entrepreneur, doctor of neuropsychology, and business and personal development ninja. Dr. Shannon is obsessed with giving you the systems and steps you need to slay your goals and crush productivity so that you can go for your dreams, honor God, and create the epic life and business you love. And now, here is Dr. Shannon. Welcome to the Epic Success Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shannon Irvin, and today I am excited to bring to you a interview that I did with one of my mentors, James Wedmore, on his podcast, Mind Your Business Podcast. And it was such a blessing for me to be able to go on and share with his listeners what you already know in terms of neurohacking and how to really tap into the power of your mind and why it is so important to become the creator of your thoughts and how the way your subconscious is programmed will really dictate whether you will be successful or you won't. And I wanted to bring that interview to you just in case you didn't catch it over there. I wanted to bring James Webmore's interview of me here to my tribe and dive deep into the land of neurohacking for your success. So I hope you enjoy this interview and please on the socials, let us know, tag both myself and James and let us know what you thought of this interview. I can't wait for you to hear it. Here we go. Today, we're talking all about how to neurohack your mind for more success. And so we have Dr. Shannon Irvin, who's back on the show. She is a a client of mine and we did an episode on 172 where she got to share a bit of her story of taking her offline business online. And when we did that episode, it was just like a case study of Shannon's awesome success and the growth that she's had. And by the way, that episode was recorded in June, like end of May, beginning of June. And here we are in September And the growth that she has had since then is phenomenal. I'll have to get her back on just to share those updates. But she's growing fast. And I think after you listen to today's episode, you're going to know exactly why. One of the things I love about this interview, it's actually like one of my favorite interviews, is Shannon's going to talk to you about your brain, your mind, the subconscious mind, the conscious mind, and basically looking at your brain as an operating system and how your operating system is like operating in the background, mostly on subconscious autopilot, right? Some of you have heard this before and Shannon in this episode is going to help you to hack that just like you could hack a computer, change the operating system, let go of the limiting wiring or limiting beliefs that we have that are running our life and preventing us from the success that we want in our business and in other areas of our life. She's going to give you a process for this. And she's got a really, really cool free gift for you on this thing called brain priming, which I'm really excited about. This is something that you can listen to three times a day when you wake up, when you sleep. And hey, what do you know? Right after you work out. So if you're not listening to this brain priming audio after you work out, it's because you're recording an intro to a podcast like me. Because <laughs> that's what I'm doing right now. So I thought this was a phenomenal episode. I think Shannon is phenomenal. And I encourage you to listen to this at least a second time through because we talk about so much. Shannon talks fast and she covers a lot. And I think it will quite literally, maybe not literally, but metaphorically, blow your mind. And I think that's the goal. So here's why you should be listening to this episode and be listening to every word that Shannon has to say. Shannon helps entrepreneurs like you use the power of neuroscience to master their thinking so they can master their business. She can help you wire your thinking so you can grow an epic business and an epic life. And between her iTunes Top 100 Business Podcast, her Epic Success Academy, and her private mentoring programs, she's been able to help hundreds of thousands train their brains and master their performance so they can grow a deeply fulfilling business and life that they absolutely love. And like I said, Shannon isn't just a client of mine. She's a dear friend. She's absolutely amazing. And I can't wait for you to listen to 
all the knowledge bombs that Shannon's going to be dropping here today on this episode. So without further ado, let's play that interview right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Dr. Shannon Irvin. Shannon, how are you? I am fantastic, James. How are you? Good. The doc is in. Just <laughs> just what the doctor ordered. I'm, I'm so excited to get into today's topic. Now, our audience has already been introduced to you, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. So we'll link that up in the show notes for you guys. But Shannon took the time to share her story and her journey of taking her business and the wonderful work that she does and how she's taking that online so she can build a more scalable business and her growth has been amazing and so Mm. you know it's very clear that uh, you're someone that practices what you preach you've also been very humble in that in acknowledging that you're just as human as the rest of us that we all we all have a brain and you might have a better understanding of our brain and our thoughts and our thinking than most but but you still (laughs) get in your own way like all the rest of us, right you're basically what i'm asking is your, oh, yeah. Are you still human? <laughs> I am so human. It's ridiculous. And even right now, as I'm launching, I am having to take my thoughts captive and look yeah. at them and, and do the work because it's just what we get to do as entrepreneurs. It's actually a fun ride. But yeah, there's uh, there's no perfection. It's just practice. Yes, exactly. And having, I think, that awareness, those distinctions are key. And we're going to get into that today. So one of the big topics that I wanted you to talk about is this idea of neurohacking. So Mm -hmm. what exactly is that in a nutshell? What does that mean? Okay, to neurohack, it means really using the operating system of your brain that you've been given. I believe, and I know you do too, James, it is your number one competitive advantage in the marketplace. And 98% of entrepreneurs never, ever, ever tap into it. But what I, so, I want to I jump in there because I don't want yeah. people to think that what Shannon just said is that your competitive advantage is the smarter you are. The more intelligent you are, the better IQ you have, the better you did in school. That's your competitive advantage. Because that's yeah. where I immediately like almost went was right, right? Because you grow up, you think yeah. like better brain means better smarts. That's not what you mean. No. As a matter of fact, it isn't the smartest and the most talented that always are successful. It's really the people who tap into the power of the brain, this neural hacking idea and really put it to work for them. So what is neural hacking? It's learning how to hear your thoughts. It's learning how to tap into how your brain is wired and actually use that to hardwire the things that you want and remove the limiting self-belief, success-sabotaging beliefs that have been holding you back. And without doing this process, if you don't powerfully shift into training your thinking, then you're really operating based on your subconscious because your subconscious really directs your conscious thinking 80 to 90% of the time. And our subconscious mind is programmed by the things we tell it and show it repeatedly over time. So as entrepreneurs, if we're telling ourselves, I'm not sure if I have what it takes. I'm not sure if I can do this. I'm not as good as they are. I can't keep up. They have something that I don't have. You're telling as the conscious thinker, you're telling your subconscious mind that that is what you want it to automate. And that is what you want it to program and bring more of into your life. And most people don't know that. And that's the beauty of neural hacking is once you tap into it, you start to recognize that your conscious thinking brain really is the boss of your thinking if you're aware of it and you're tapping into it because you can then prime your brain, teach your brain what it is that you want to have happen. But at the same time, use that same neural network programming to remove those limiting beliefs so you can take your foot off the brake and really tell your brain what you want. So it starts to bring it to you. There's actually systems in our brain, reticular activating system is one of them, that its number one job is to filter out what your subconscious does not believe. So you don't even see it. So there are opportunities going on around you. You don't see them. You don't sense them energetically because you've programmed your subconscious to the negative limiting beliefs most of the time. So we really it's really about taking your thinking off autopilot, becoming super aware of your thoughts. And then the thing I love about neural hacking is it's not this complicated kind of 
out in the universe kind of thing. It really is a step-by-step process. Our brains are wired logically. So if you can build a Lego set, you can actually hardwire your thinking to bring success to you instead of you having to strive and, and hustle to get it. I can build Legos. I know you can. Uh, this is great. This is great news. Okay. First of all, you said so much and my job is to now go in there and go yeah. deeper and, and get you to, to unpack a lot of this because, you know, I think our listeners can agree. You just like, I think you just gave a whole episode in three minutes. Yeah, right I did. There, which is I great. Have, I get pretty jazzed there, about this. Well, okay. I do too, obviously. And uh, that's why you're here. So there's so much that you said and I'm going to, I'm going to ask you like a hundred questions, but let's even go back to the last thing you said. You know, I've heard that that concept, the reticular activating system, and and you just like glanced over it so fast. And, and I really want to hit that for our listeners and make sure that they get it. And I'm doing a great job of communicating, but it's this, this whole idea that we distort and delete the world around us basically because our subconscious has a, a map or a belief or a view of Mm -hmm. the world and it needs to have the outer world match your inner world. And so this is that example of as soon as you buy the new car, you yep. start to notice everyone on the road has that same car. I Look, this it is a crazy phenomenon because I remember when I first started getting interested in cars, like you're 15 years old and you start, yeah, you know, and then all of a sudden you start seeing cars differently and then you buy a car and you go, oh my gosh, look, someone else has that same car and blah, blah, blah. But it's still happening to me today. I bought a Vespa recently and I've noticed <laughs> now all the other people in Laguna that have a Vespa. And I'm like, I had no idea this many people in this little town drove the exact same scooter as me. And so where I'm hearing this is such a relevant thing is that if you believe things and they are beliefs like, you know, people of my age can't possibly, that's a big one actually, like can't possibly be successful. You, right. you will not find people your age that are successful because it'll delete them and distort them. Am I communicating this effectively? Beautifully. And it's the reason why that system exists, you need to know, is that our brains use 70 to 80% of our body's energy in a day. So that's why it programs and automates as much as it can. And that reticular activating system's job is, like you said, it's a filter, but it's filtering it based on what you've programmed into your subconscious. So like you said, with your the car example, you started saying to yourself prior to even getting involved with that Vespa, because we've had mm-hmm. that conversation like, ah, oh, it'd be great. I, I know you were out of the country and you saw all the Vespas around yep. and, and you were imagining that. So you were starting to prime your brain. You were starting to tell your subconscious that would be great. That would be great. That would be great over and over again. And you didn't have any negative story in place of that. So you built a neural network. And as soon as that happened, boom. Now you're seeing Vespas everywhere and you weren't before. It's a beautiful system unless you don't have it programmed for the things you want. Because if you're subconscious in your conscious mind, and this is what I see with a lot of digital online business owners, what they want to have happen consciously and what they're telling themselves constantly and programming their subconscious mind with are two different things. And so there's what we call cognitive dissonance. There's, I want to build this business. I want to get to seven figures. I want to have that thing. But yet at the same time, they're repeating all the negative self-limiting beliefs. So often there's dissonance. There's, there's a disconnect. Your brain's not collaborating with itself and your subconscious wins. And then your reticular activating system only filters in the things that align with what you've programmed it to do. So it can, it's neutral, right? It's, it'll either bring in more of the things you don't want or bring in the things that you do want once you become conscious of that system. Well, and when I hear you describe this reticular activating system, it just like brings to mind that classic Henry Ford quote, right? Which is whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. That's just like whatever you believe the world to be at the subconscious level, you're going to find evidence. So if even if someone was on this podcast wanting to disagree, they would find all the evidence in the world. No, but no one, I say my age can be successful. Look, look at all the evidence I have to support it. Mm -hmm. And so that is like a really trippy thing. This whole idea of like, whether, you know, whether you believe this way or that way, or whether you think this or that, you're going to find the evidence for it. You're going to be right. So you might as well choose the thing that you want and be right for that. And that's why I loved even your interpretation of this 
relationship with the subconscious conscious, the reticular activating mm-hmm. system is you even experience it as a beautiful system. Yeah. Right. Like some people could have heard this and be like, well, I'm screwed because I had all these things happen to me in my life yeah. and I have all these beliefs. And so that way I'm doomed. Right. And you're like, wait a second. This is beautiful. This is a good thing, because if we can set this up the right way, then you can be on 95 percent autopilot and be like just producing the results you want in your life. And look, I'm going to say this without sounding too braggadocious, but that's a lot of how I feel today. Like we're going into we ha- we just had the biggest launch of our business. We're going into what we think is going to be far bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And there is a level of like, it's become a, a subconscious, like, you know, that Maslow's mm-hmm. subconscious, uh, yeah. yeah, unconscious competence kind of yep. like, it just seems so much more on, on autopilot for me. Yeah. It's beautiful that it is because that is evidence for all your listeners that this kind of neural hacking works because James, I know you've done the work. I know this wasn't how you were. It wasn't how I was. I was white knuckling success, mm-hmm. like nobody's business. I would call it with like lipstick and smiles, but I, in the back end, I was like an anxious mess. And I'd like to say that I was so smart and I went and got a PhD. No, no, <laughs> that was out of desperation. Like I, <laughs> I had two businesses. I had my son and I started getting into this thinking of like, okay, I can't do this. Like I started telling my brain everything that would make it not happen. Luckily, I had a moment of clarity, like one of those ugly cry moments. I know you don't have those, but us girls, we do. And <laughs> Wait a second. You don't know that. You can't make those assumptions. Maybe that's I do. True, that's true. That is, that's not good. You probably do ugly cry. But <laughs> I was on my bed, like just bawling my eyes out because my son had become, my family had become more the reason why I was building my businesses and I felt like I had to do one or the other. And Mm, I realized it was a weird moment. I don't know, God shine light through the sunshine through my eyes. And I kind of like shook me up and I started thinking like, wait a minute, what if there was a possibility where both could happen? I, I could have an amazing family and an amazing, amazing businesses and both worked. And that's really what got me looking for mentors that had that and started pushing into their, the ways they operated. And like a typical entrepreneur, I started thinking about, well, what are their tactics? What are their systems? But what I found out was it wasn't any of the tactics or systems. It was the way that they were thinking was so different. The way they approached business, the way they showed up was so different. And that's what really got me so interested in studying the neuroscience of success, because if I could see evidence of it, then it's repeatable. And it's repeatable for anybody once they can think differently and approach things differently than they have before. So that's really the origin of it. So I'm very much like everybody listening, having gone through that. But once you kind of tune into this, it is exciting. It's powerful because Mm -hmm. you realize all the hardwiring is there in my brain to bring me everything that I want if I feed it the right things. Yes. And it's, again, this is just another example. It's another opportunity instead of pushing at the external world for everything outside to change, you realize that when you change the way you think, you can change the way you see and interact with the world around you. And I think that's, it is, that is exciting work. That is what this entire podcast is about. And just, we try and approach it from every different angle possible. But here's a perfect example that you just demonstrated yourself. And I see this with so many students, clients, Mm -hmm. even in our inner circle mastermind where people are approaching their life from an A or B conversation. Like I can only have one or the other. And it's like, and I start to wonder what beliefs are there that Mm -hmm. don't even let them consider the possibility of having and doing both. You wonder, is it like, oh, is it, am I not worthy of it? Am I not capable of it? Am I telling Mm -hmm. myself these stories that one is going to cost too much, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I'm always like, there's a quote I've, I've seen float around, which I love and I've shared, which is don't believe everything you think. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the greatest things that we can do is challenge every single thought that pops into our head. You know, how do you know that it has to be mom or entrepreneur? Like, how do we know that? You know, is, is there anybody out there that is doing both? And you know, when you started that investigative process, yeah. you found physical evidence, although you didn't need the physical evidence to do it, but 
now you are living testament that you can do both. Yeah. And, and it really did after I started using this personally, success just came to me. And I know we hear that in like cute Instagram quotes and it sounds great, but I lived a whole life and grew a lot of businesses through like serious striving and hustle and a ridiculous amount of hours. And once I rewired this, it just started coming to me. That reticular activating system went to work for me instead of against me. And it just came. And if you think about it, and I know your listeners will go here because you go here, thoughts are energy. Mm-hmm. The energy that we put out in the universe comes back to us. It's the law of sowing and reaping. So if we're sowing the thoughts that are going to take us where we need to go energetically, that gets returned to us sometimes tenfold or 20 fold because we are now aligned with what's really happening versus the perception of what is happening, which was holding us back from receiving that to begin with. Well, and it's interesting because we can have this and I do want to get into this more about the subconscious and, you know, 80, 90 plus percentage of mm-hmm. our decisions, our thoughts or everything we're doing is on autopilot and this whole reticular activating system that we're deleting, we're distorting to match, you know, what we see on the inside to what we experience on the outside. And like most people agree to that today. There's, you know, scientific evidence, there's people that spend their entire life dedicated to that. And then it's interesting that I see, and I think what I'm hearing from you is you the same, see such, it's the same conversation really as the energy or the law of attraction yeah. type conversation. It's it's the exact same thing, just from a different angle. And it's very <laughs> interesting to hear someone say like, oh, I don't believe in that law of attraction stuff, but then gravitate to this. And I really yeah. do see it as the same thing. It's It's just how you want to approach it. Um, what, I actually about? often tell my students and my clients, I, I'm going to show you the science behind the woo. Like I'm going to show you mm-hmm. the science and what's going on, why, you know, affirmations work, why, you know, manifesting works. And this isn't anything new. This goes back to like ancient text yeah. of, you know, think on what is good, true, pure and lovely and more will be given to you. It's there. So it's so interesting. But you brought up something that I think is super important to talk about. And that is the stories. We Our brain thinks in stories, too. And we identify with stories. So a lot of times, it's even from childhood, right? We create a story that keeps our, us safe. Part of our brain's job is to keep us safe. It's not to make us successful. It's to keep things familiar and safe and protect us from risks to automate what we repeat and to do what we tell it to do over and over again and to avoid pain and go toward pleasure. So those things being said, we create these stories about success, about failure, about money, about what people think about us. All of us, if you don't know you have a story about that, if you don't know what your story is, then you're on autopilot. You have a story. We all have stories. Oh boy, do I have story, had stories, but that process of reprogramming, I call it a four R process that I take people through again, Legos, you know, I, I have to have a process. So, you know, recognizing the story, recording it, refuting it and replacing it. Those four steps are how we start to rewire those limiting stories and then start to implement those positive stories in our subconscious mind so that it can be automated. So I want to dive into this deeper, obviously, but something else, and I'm wondering if this should come first. You, you, at the beginning of this interview, you talked about the brain being an operating system. And yes. we've, we've talked about the subconscious, the conscious. Do you have a model or a metaphor? Because I've heard people talk about like it as, as a computer and here's the software. You know, Do you have a metaphor that kind of creates the distinctions of each part of the mind and, and the brain and conscious and, and subconscious? Yeah, I mean, the model that I use is really one of, and it's more of a visual. So, you know, this is from uh, Daniel Siegel, and it's such a strong visualization of how our brains work. So like if you, so I've used his because it makes the most sense. So if you have your hand up, you have your arm in your hand, that's kind of like our 
base brain or our primal brain, the brain that keeps our heart functioning, our blood pumping, all of those automatic things that you do not think of or your subconscious doesn't think of. It's behind the subconscious and it's automatic. And then if you fold your thumb down across your hand, like you have the number four sticking up, that thumb is your primal brain. That is your subconscious brain. That is the one that is responsible for directing your thinking however you program it and it's also the place where we get into fight or flight when we talk about entrepreneur overwhelm that's where that's happening because we think there's a threat happening and then if you close your fingers on top of that thumb that's your thinking brain and those are your that's your conscious mind and it has to be in contact with your subconscious mind at all time and as soon as you get into overwhelm as soon as you start to believe those limiting stories and stay in that past place you actually disconnect the conscious thinking mind from the subconscious and then that's when the subconscious has full and complete control over your daily actions. Research has shown like eight, like you said, 80 to 90, even up to 91% of your daily thoughts and actions are governed by your subconscious thinking, which is created from all the stories that you've told it over the years. So sometimes it's a matter of like childhood stories that are actually governing your actions and your decisions that you're making in your business on a daily basis. So you've got to when we take the thinking off autopilot, it's really allowing that thinking brain to truly take its rightful role, which is to become the boss, the creator of the thoughts that you want to have hardwired and programmed. So a couple questions. So the thumb is, is that like the reptilian yes. brain? Okay. Absolutely. The fingers folded over, is that the frontal lobe? Yep. That's your frontal lobe. So if you look at it, it actually kind of looks like a brain. That's why I think yeah. it's so genius. It's, yeah. You can describe it to anyone, but it's it's really we always we kind of in the neurological circles we kind of joke around as people flip their lids. Like if you flip your four fingers up, then you're you're not thinking. You're just you're just reacting and feeling your way through growing your business, which doesn't work so well. So we really want to have that conscious thinking brain truly being the boss of those processes. Well, a little fun fact that I actually heard over the weekend because I have a friend that has actually become quite famous in our in our area. And his videos have gone viral because he paddle boards with dolphins. And, awesome. And like every time he goes out, he sees like huge pods. Like he's paddled with orca whales. He had a video of, of an orca whale in Laguna Beach that went like crazy, like millions and millions of views. Uh, oh and he gosh. was telling us how like scientists have proven how developed the frontal lobe is for the yeah. um, for dolphins. Yep. And like how much smarter they're realizing that they really are that and that they're like the only species that can not just communicate with themselves like over thousands of miles, like up to a thousand miles or something ridiculous, but they can also, which most animals cannot communicate across what is it? It's not species, but like different types of species. Like basically they can communicate with plants. They can communicate with reptiles. It's so fascinating. Anyways, power. So fascinating. No, I I got a little teary eyed there because you, okay, James, full disclosure, James is my coach. So he helps me as my mentor, but I don't know if you know this about me, but I've got like a pot of dolphins tattooed on my ankle. I did not know that about you. No. And I have a huge connection energetically with them. And this was all before I went and got all sciencey on the world, Mm -hmm. but I was just drawn to them. I mean, literally when I first moved to California and I drove down Torrey Pines, you know, that PCH and Torrey Pines, yeah, of course. I saw a pod of dolphins out there. I pulled off the road and I just jumped in the water. Wow. That's <laughs> awesome. I, and then like ever since then, and people will laugh when I'm on my, my Insta stories, because it doesn't matter when I go to the beach almost every day, I always see them. It's like they come, yeah. like they know, and there's a connection and they come out. I don't know. It's pretty well, cool. So this uh, individual, his name's uh, Rich German. Some of you guys might know him. Um, yeah. So, so he, he goes out every day and someone asked him that, you know, cause the conversation kind of went there. It's like, it's been known that dolphins can communicate with us. Do they tell you anything? And he's like, I don't know about that. He goes, but this is what I do know. Every time I'm in their presence, I am more present than I could ever be in my life. Yeah. Like I am, yeah. I am there. I am with them. 
and nothing else is existing or happening except that moment and me and them. And he goes, and I believe that's their message to me is to just be present and live present. I just love that. So anyways, we get to go on yeah. little tangents every once in a while talking about dolphins Absolutely. while Absolutely. we're neurohacking <laughs> away, which is great. Okay, so I get I get all that. Let's go back to what you're sharing about the brain thinks in stories. Yeah. What is a specific example, especially if, as an entrepreneur, to really ground that? What, is, what does that look like? Okay, so stories are stored in our brain as neural networks. So it's not a single thought that's stored as a network. It's all of this fabric around that thought. So it's, let's just use a real thing that we deal with in terms of entrepreneurs. It's like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm not sure I have what it takes. The worthiness thing, right? That's a big one for 80% of people. Yeah. So so that might someone say, I want to do this thing. Right. But it's not that they even might not directly say it like, but I'm not worthy. It's right, almost like no. it's, it's the, it, it's masked with something like, but who am I to be doing that? It's masked by, I can't get everything done. Who do I think yeah. I am? Yeah. I'm, why am I showing up like this? So many people are already doing this. I can't really do it as good as fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And all of that is the fabric of the story that makes this neural network that says, I don't have what it takes. I'm, I'm not worthy of success. And this might not be the right question to ask, but I'm going to try it. Is that story the making of the subconscious? Is that? Yes. Okay. Great. Yes. So, so yeah. our subconscious is made of these neural networks and these neural networks are what allow our subconscious to automate processes. So as we tell these stories over and over again, with the texture and the fabric. And so that's not, like you said, it's not just the one thought. Nobody thinks technically I'm not worthy necessarily, right. but they think they don't have what it takes, all of the things. And that becomes like the fabric. You picture a shirt, how it's weaved together. That story gets weaved together in your neural networks as almost picture a freeway. It's a freeway. Like it's built so that as soon as you have a thought, it goes down that freeway and not another one. And that's how your subconscious is allowed or, or that's its process for automating things so that it doesn't have to use the energy to think. Think about brushing your teeth, right? You don't have to think about how you brush your teeth. Your brain just does that for you. And evidence of that is pick up your toothbrush tonight with your non-dominant hand and see how that goes. It's really <laughs> not fun. And you said you said earlier that the brain uses, did you say 80% of... Yeah. Your calories isn't it in a day? Is it 70 to 80% of our caloric burn happens in your thinking processes? So and we, all if we want to lose weight, what you're telling us is just think more, just to think more <laughs> and, to, and to start everything with the, with your non-dominant hand from now on. Yeah. And from now on, you're good. And, you're, <laughs> exactly. and that'll, that's like the new diet. There you go. Yeah. That's a new book. That's okay. Great. But I, I think that's really fascinating too, because what I've heard as, and, and I'm, I think you've already insinuated to this is that if the brain is already burning so many calories and it needs to survive and, you know, not mm-hmm. starve, then it's part of its job is to conserve calories, conserve energy, conserve yeah. energy. And so that might be one reason why it's, there's so much on autopilot, right? Is like, let's absolutely. That is why your brain is on autopilot. Mm-hmm. So stay with me here for a second, because if your brain is on autopilot, And I'm going to use James as an example here. If your brain is on autopilot with the stories that you have created for it, whether, you know, as a child or even as an adult trying to grow your business and your brain is saying, okay, thank you. I will make more of that. Thank you, reticular activating system. And I'm going to just really make it easy for him to think that way. Well, when you started challenging those thoughts and started building the neural networks of success comes to me easily, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. All things are coming to me that are supposed to be, you know, it's easy and effortless. When you started creating those stories with repetition, knowing or unknowing, priming your brain in a way that those freeways, those neural networks were built. And then that is why you can say, gosh, it's unconscious competence. I, I don't have to really think or even be aware of it. It's just happening, like brushing your teeth. It's just happening. But you have done the work of removing those old limiting stories that you had and you've gone in and recreated the stories that you wanted to take place. It, it's also like working out, whereas like I was overweight. Most people don't know this, but I mm-hmm. was like 80 pounds heavier than I am today. And 
that first leg of the journey was a lot of work, like yeah. just to even get to the gym, you know, and then there's these stories. I don't know if you've seen these stories of like, there's this one guy that uh, I think he's the owner of fit to fat to fit again, um, okay. where he like gained, he, he was a personal trainer in great shape and he gained intentionally like 65, 70 pounds just so he could experience what someone who's struggling with weight loss issues goes through. And he said, I could never have more sympathy and compassion for someone today because even though he was in the best shape of his life before he started his weight gain, fat gain journey, he said losing that weight again was mentally one of the hardest things he's ever had to do. But once he lost the weight again, it's easy. Then it's just like a maintaining yeah. And that's where I kind of feel like today is it's like it's it's a discipline of maintaining, not a discipline of like climbing Mount Everest. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as entrepreneurs, we're primed to do this work because somebody who isn't challenging themselves or isn't taking risks doesn't come up against the stress and the resistance that can truly become the catalyst to rewiring your thinking. It's in those moments where we're taking a big risk. We're feeling that stress. I know both you and I look at that energy as like game on and it's a good thing, but most people feel resistance and that's when they go into like shutdown mode or they procrastinate or they, you know, do a Netflix binge instead of getting the <laughs> webinar done or right. any of those things. It's because you come up against this resistance, but that resistance can become your truly your best ally in terms of when you hit the resistance and you start asking yourself, why am I resisting this? What am I thinking about this? Why am I in this place and just, just get really uber curious about what's going on because stress activates that fight or flight. Now you have access to your subconscious and that's what we need. That's why the whole positive psychology kind of thing only works temporarily like a bandaid on a surgical wound. It just doesn't get it done. What is, what is positive psychology in a, in a five seconds? In a nutshell, nutshell, it's just, you know, think positive and everything will work out great. Mm -hmm. And it's good. It's not that it's a bad thing. It's just, it can't be done in a vacuum. You've got to like lean into this resistance of why am I not wanting to do the very things that will get me to where I need to go and challenging your thinking. And when that happens, your subconscious mind is so much more accessible to unveiling the story that's there and, you know, pen to paper because it pulls a different place of your brain. It pulls it out of your subconscious and start to write down what story am I telling myself? And you've you got to just sit with it for a while. And in our culture, we don't want to sit with resistance and uncomfortableness, right? We want to medicate it and move on. But if you use that, you can actually get to those so stories so quickly and you can hear them. You start to recognize them. You write them down and start to look at them once they're down on paper and say, is this true? Is this really true? And put it on trial, put that story, that thought on trial in light of what you really want, because now your thinking mind sees the story instead of it just being kind of hidden behind the scenes, driving your whole actions. Now you see it and you can then refute it, put it on trial, execute it, and then replace it with the kind of programming that you want. Okay. Sometimes oh. people get into that though and they they agree with what they've written down. I don't mm. want to say that because I don't want somebody starting to do this work and then and then feel like, well, they write down their story and they kind of look at it and they go. What if it's a true story? Yeah. Well, so, but I want to put a pin in that and come to that because okay. I want to I want to repeat everything I've heard you say up until this point and okay. recap it the way I'm interpreting it and experiencing what you what you have to say. The first thing, and then you just correct me or tweak what I'm saying to make sure this is accurate and can land effectively for our listeners. The brain thinks in stories. Yes. What I'm also hearing is that our life is the reflection and almost like the outcome of these stories. Absolutely. Because we are filtering and distorting the world around us. We are responding. We are reacting. We're making our decisions, our choices, and our thinking based on our life matching up with these stories. Hands down. Also, because yep. you use the word unveiling, these stories are hidden to us. 
They are. They reside in the, at a subconscious level. And therefore, the way to discover these stories... Well, first of all, the, the other piece I want to add is that we all have stories, right? You're Absolutely. not... No one here. No one here... No one. <laughs> is going, Well, good thing I don't have any of these stories. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> uh, so we all do. And I think that's an exciting part of life is that there will mm-hmm. always be these unfolding of new opportunities for growth and discovering ourselves and our capabilities. And we could just get to the finish line and say that you're all infinite potential capable of anything 100% of the time. But, you know, that's the ending of the story. There's a journey to get there for all of us. But and sometimes we get there and then lose it again uh, yes. 100,000 times a day. But yep. <laughs> the, these stories are are hidden from our conscious view. And the way to access them is the indicator that they're there is in the moments of resistance, discomfort, frustration, breakdown, and problem. Because that's where they must be playing out where it's it's not a good story. It's a story that is counterintuitive to the outcomes you want in your life. And so obviously that's why we're frustrated at some level because we're not getting what we want. Yes. And, and when you look there, when we, this is what I'm just hearing from you, is that when we take the time to look there, get present there, this is the opportunity that we have to make the subconscious conscious. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And then this is when we can start to do work to rewire. Mm-hmm. But you brought up something, okay, someone, and I've seen this, we've, ha- we've seen this happen with, with students and clients where they look yeah. and they see the story and then they start to say, but it's a true story. So let's, yeah. let's go from there. What does that look like? Okay. So <laughs> we could get a little left or right of this, but truth is all relative. It's how you define it, right? Mm-hmm. So it truth, it feels true. And I'm going to use those words. It feels true because you've programmed your subconscious to believe it. And once your subconscious believes it, the emotions attach to it. So that's why it feels true. But if you can put it on trial, like try to remove yourself from the thought outside of yourself, because now it's on paper, right? So you can remove yourself from it and you can say, is that true 100% of the time, all the time? What you're going to do is just as a lawyer would do, you're going to start chipping away at the validity of that. Unless it's a story you want to have programmed, then you then you strengthen it. But these limiting stories, you put it on trial. Now, what I've had with clients that these are deep, like from childhood kind of stories, a lot of times they'll look at it. And like you said, they'll look at it and go, yeah, it's true. When that happens, you've got to get some perspective on it. So I really encourage whether you're married and it's your spouse or you have kids and it's your child or it's your best friend. I had to do this with the podcast. I had a belief that I'm not sure I have enough value to bring to the podcast. And that's, of course, for me now, I I see the big waving red flag, you know, and I know I'm like, whoa, limiting belief. Where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah. But I put it on trial. I started refuting it with all the evidence of the opposite. Like I, I have this background with neuropsychology. I have, blah, blah, you know, just went on and on about the hundreds of entrepreneurs that I worked with and gotten them to six, seven and even eight figures on and on. But there was still a piece of it that felt like, ah, but there's a piece of it that's true. So then I shifted it onto my son and I said, all right, this story needs to be true 100% of the time. So Max, I don't think you have what it takes to bring value to the world. Yeah. Game over. Like right. mama bear came out. I'm like, I'll cut you. Don't tell mm-hmm. my child that, you know, all those things because it isn't true. We have value. And so if you are acknowledging it and feeling it feels still true, you just need to keep chipping away at it, not only from your vantage point, but from the vantage point of people that you love and care for, put it on them. And then also at some point you can involve trusted people to also advocate for the truth in that situation too. So there's a couple different ways you can go about it. That, that's a fantastic example. And I've done that with clients, especially when they're moms with young children where I've said, yeah. Okay, it's very similar to how you said it. I said, what if they came home from school one day and told yeah. them, told themselves what you're telling yourself? Would you tell them you agree with them? You, right. You agree that you're not good enough, but if they came home and said, hey, I don't think I'm good enough, mom, would you tell them 
very good for figuring that out now. <laughs> How can we continue to reinforce that? You know, so yeah, what makes them over different? And over again. You know, they've been on this planet five or six years. You've been here X amount more. But why is it different for them? You know, that's amazing. But we don't want to leave it there, though, okay. because you can refute it. And like, you're going to do this work on paper. You've got to get it out of your subconscious. Like, don't be the person that's like, I'll just sit and think about it because you're, it's just going to disappear back in your subconscious again. It's got to be on paper. But you also, when you've done a good job and you've refuted it and you really do like, that's not true. You get to that place. You've got to replace it. Otherwise you've left a huge neurological vacuum that has a neural network built that has to atrophy so if you're not building something in its place, then the chances are you're going to return to that story. So you've got to replace it. You've got to brain prime. You've got to start using the powers of visualization, really the power of the neural networks and the hardwiring and neural hacking to create success for you. We can't leave a vacuum there. Yeah. And I've definitely had that experience in doing this work for a long time where you start to go back mm-hmm. to where you were. Yeah. I think people see that on a short-term basis. They go to like a motivational event and they're really pumped up for a few days and maybe the whole week. And then they start to notice themselves going back to the way things were comfortable and familiar and routine and habitual. Yeah. Yeah. So this is great. And is that where affirmations and. Yes. That's where you bring in all that, but you've got to do it in a way that is very purposeful. And that's why I call it brain priming and not just visualizations and affirmations, although they are a part of brain priming. The best example I can give of the power of this is uh, if you don't mind me telling the story about some of the research that I did with a swimmer that's an Olympic athlete and how using brain priming where you do the visualizations, you do the affirmations, you're actually seeing it visually you're bringing all of the emotion all the texture into it so that's a little bit different than just you know saying the positive affirmation so you really need to get some some multiple levels of emotion and just make it more of a visceral experience but working with this swimmer who is an olympic athlete he wanted to add this particular swimming technique and he agreed to work with us and Instead of doing the work in the pool to learn the stroke, he did the work in our lab and he did it all through brain priming. He sat and visualized the stroke step by step by step. He would feel it. He, the, we, the emotions were there and we kind of worked him through that and then eventually he would just do it on his own. And we were measuring, we did a brain scan before, a brain scan after, but not just brain scans. We actually did muscle conductivity tests where we could see if anything was changing muscularly because we know in the brain that we can build new neural networks by visualization, by brain priming. But what we learned in this research, which was so stinking cool, was that not only did his brain store the new information and the the swimming stroke in in the part of the brain that shows new process and new learning, but it also developed the muscle mass in those small twitch muscles, which weren't developed because they ha- he hadn't used it for that particular stroke before, completely as if he'd been doing it in the pool every day. And he went in after the research was done and won a medal with that particular stroke about wow. one, one week later. And and this is amazing. And I've, I've heard, this isn't a fluke one-time Mm-mm. example. Like there are Mm-mm. tons of studies of these done. I've heard the examples of people that practice the piano, but only yep. in their mind and the muscles in their fingers actually strengthened. Um, so crazy. And there's the classic basketball one where the group that only practiced shooting three, uh, three throws from from their mind and they perform just as well as people that were actually practicing incredible examples. And the question that always comes up for me is, you know, what we do as a online entrepreneur, mm-hmm. we're not athletes in the right, same respect right. where there's a lot of muscle memory to performance. How do we take something like that and make that applicable for us? Should it, should we be visualizing ourselves just like, you know, moving the keys really fast on our laptop and, you know, like how, (laughs) how do you use visualization in your business? Yeah. I'll tell you that. um, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. So I I love that you bring this up because it is one of the biggest objections I get. Yeah. That works for athletes. That works for them. But what about us? And that's why I am so impassioned to help entrepreneurs because we have 
big impact and big influence that we're wanting to make in the world. Most people don't become a digital CEO to, you know, to not inspire and impact people. So how you apply this is the same way the athletes applied it, the pianists applied it, is that you're building new neural networks in your brain. So you have to get crystal clear on what success looks like for you, what your business looks like. That's where planning and goal setting and productivity from a brain-based perspective become super key because you have to create the fabric of what you want your brain to go get for you. So is it in the like keystrokes going faster? No, but is it in breaking down that big epic audacious goal is what I call it into actionable steps that you can really filter down to two or three every single day that you can move knowing that if you do them, you're going to move that goal to fruition. So you know what it's already done because you go through that process and break it down and with our brains, we are wired to avoid pain, but we're also wired to gain pleasure. Our brains do not gain pleasure from a to-do list that's 17 miles long. And we cross mm-hmm. off 20 of them and feel like a failure. Our brains are wired for short-term success that builds like compounding interest over time. And that's the kind of thing that we need to prime our brains with. It's defining the end where do I want to be? What does success look like for me? Because I can tell you success, money comes to me, but that isn't my goal, right? So if I define my goal by hitting a certain number, I wouldn't end up in the right place. I've got to define success for me, what it looks like, and then reverse engineer that to where every step that you take during your days, two to three a day, you know, where is going to get you that final outcome that you want. So, you know, it's already coming, you know, it's already done. It's just you walking to it. Two to three things a day allows you to feel successful in that day, which gives you great neurochemicals, which we didn't even talk about how good those things can be for us. And, um, and really flood your brain with that ability to continue on and continue on and continue on. So it is a matter of, really getting a crystal clear picture of where you want to be and then reverse engineering that process. So, you know, every step that you're taking along the way is going to get you there. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. And no one's going to do this for you guys. You nope. know, you got to do this. I mean, like this sounds really silly, but I remember back in the early days for me, and I was still living in my parents' basement, I would take a bath every night and I'd visualize whatever the project was I was working on. I remember yeah. very specifically, like one of the things I would just visualize is the sales page for my one of my first products done and completed and perfect. And I would just visualize it being built and how like scrolling through it. And it is amazing how my my efforts, my intention and my energy focused around getting that done to the point where you're like, wow, it looks exactly like how I pictured it in my mind. I got it done easily. I got it done swiftly. And, you know, it's, it sounds silly. It's not the same as like, I'm visualizing winning that Olympic race. It's like, I'm right. visualizing building a landing page for my business. But like, it helped. It really, it really did. To me, that's even more exciting than winning that Olympic gold, (laughs) personally. And, you know, here's the thing. We know how to build our bodies for health, right? That that's a no brainer. Like we don't go to the gym once, lift some weights and go, I'm good. You know, we, we go and we know that if we want health, if we want vitality, if we want energy, there is a process. Well, it's the exact same thing for our brains and it's our best asset, our number one powerful tool that we can tap into to really create the life and business that we absolutely are in love with. And it's exactly the same. We've got to come at it every day. It's got to be a passion. It's got to be a drive to really understand and craft the thinking that's going to take us to the next place. Visualizing it, like you said, I do this all the time. I visualize I'm in the middle of a launch right now. I visualize my sales page. I was smiling when you said that because I've absolutely done that. I'm visualizing people that I'm helping and seeing them like taking their thoughts off autopilot, breaking through these stories. I'm seeing the change in their families. Like I am visualizing that because that's why I do what I do. And it lights a fire under me to make sure that I'm doing the things that are going to bring me there. And if you're not taking the time to do that, 
chances are you're going back on autopilot. And when you go yep. back on autopilot, you're going to be thinking a lot of those thoughts from that reptilian survival brain, which is Absolutely. what if it doesn't work? What if they don't like it? What if they fail? What if they cancel? What if they blah, 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 blah. And that becomes like that distorts and affects your ex- entire experience. And mm-hmm. now you show up for a lot. Like I keep telling people today, you know, you'll hear me say this a lot, obviously when, when we work together, Shannon, but like the yeah. work for us today, if you're a personal brand, if you're authority is to show up, people buy from those that they feel a connection with today yeah. and that can become, and it will be for those that are successful, their competitive advantage. And so how can you show up? How can you connect? How can you be a leader and a visionary for someone else when you're going, but what if they don't like me? What if it's not good enough? And that's not who we follow. We don't follow those people. You don't go, wow, I love how much they doubt themselves. I love (laughs) how little courage they have, you know, that's not, you know, and that's not being vulnerable and authentic. It's really not being authentic, being vulnerable is is absolutely having courage. Those are some of the most courageous things we can do. So when you're not doing this work, when you're not bringing more of that subconscious to the conscious you're going to be bringing your stories into your work, your doubts, your fears, and your worries, and you're going to be bringing that to your audience and then wondering why they're not buying from you. Well, now you know. So this has been so awesome. Now, before we wrap up, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Because I know that after we did our last retreat for Next Level, you offered a gift to our Next Level members. I did. Is that something you'd be willing putting you on the spot to offer our listeners here. Oh, you know, I would absolutely do that completely and totally. Well, James. if you would have said no, I would have edited out of the podcast. Okay. <laughs> so what, what is it? Cause I have not dove into it, but here I'll just, okay. I'll give the context. So with next level, our members there know that we do some deeper level coaching. You know, Shannon has come in knowing how much our stories just play out in our lives. And, you know, well, we've talked about this and, and it didn't come up on today's episode, but we both agree that for most people, especially like if we just look at our environment and our culture, especially in the United States, and the United States is better than probably most countries, yeah. we are not wired for entrepreneurship. Mm. We were not built. And I think we are, but our culture and our surrounding environment did not foster or cultivate a wiring a neuro map mm-hmm. of successful entrepreneurship. And this is why we've heard all these countless stories of these entrepreneurial greats that quit school, that flunked out, because I believe they saw something. They said, wait a second, this path is not going to match who I need to be to run this business, to create this vision, to make this thing a reality. And that's always fascinating to me. So we both agree that the brain is just not wired for most of us for entrepreneurship. And then we wonder why, but I work hard and I went through everything in this person's course and I did exactly what they said and it's not, and then we wonder why. So we did a lot of work at our last retreat and starting to question, which I'm always a big fan of questioning our thoughts and our stories and our beliefs about, about what it takes to be successful, our stories about what it's going to cost us and why we think, I'm not cut out to be this person and blah, 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 blah. And Shannon, you'd came up to me and said, now this is great, but what's going to happen for a lot of people is once they leave here, they're going to just go back to the way they were because the brain wants to go back to the familiar. And Mm. so you offered something for those members. And I think it would be a great fit for our our listeners. I haven't gone through it personally. So could you explain a little bit about what it is and how it can help? Absolutely. So along the lines of what we were talking about today with the stories and brain priming what you want, so many of us entrepreneurs have very similar stories. They all look maybe a little different, but if you boil it down, it boils down to not feeling worthy or not feeling enough. And so this brain priming, I did a recorded brain priming for AM and for PM. So we do know that there are three times that the subconscious is more accessible Uh, Right when you wake up in the morning, when you're still kind of in that foggy state, right before you drift off to sleep, and then right after exercise. That's why the mind-body connection, but we'll leave that for another episode. (laughs) (laughs) But the AM and PM brain priming is just something you listen to 
repeat, try to start like as you listen to it over and over again, every single day, try to start, you know, memorizing it as you will just naturally and then start saying it along with me. But what it is doing is it's priming your brain to fill that vacuum. In other words, to build up the truth of you are enough. You can do this big thing. You can do hard things. You have what it takes. Everything that you need is inside of you to create whatever you want in the world. So it's a priming AM and PM. You listen to it. It's a very passive thing, but it's again, a way for you to start this work of training your thinking and taking your thoughts off autopilot and really programming in the things that are going to get you to that next level. Awesome. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. Cause I put Shannon on the spot for this and, and thank you for, for saying of yes. Course. To this. So we're going to Shannon, I'm going to have you set up a page. It's going to be all set up by the time this episode's live. So we'll, so we don't have the URL right now, but we'll link it up in the show notes for you guys to go download this. I'm going to have you opt in because if Shannon feels it's necessary, she can include like a training video or instructions sure. as well with this. But this is as simple as something that you can just start listening to in the morning at night. And if they want to, right after they work out. Absolutely. Perfect. I love it. I love stuff like this. It's so awesome. It's so exciting. This is called brain priming. Mm -hmm. um, sounds like it's about really starting to tap into the subconscious to rewrite some of those stories. Yeah. It's bringing that subconscious in alignment with what you truly want so that you can see it come to pass and really become the creator of your thoughts. Love it. Love it. Okay. <laughs> so before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to share? Anything else that's come up for you or any other message? You know, I just, the biggest thing that I want you to hear as you're listening to this is you do have what it takes within you. However, I want you to start really thinking about the process that you think your thoughts create your actions and your actions ultimately create your identity. And so you can't change your identity in a vacuum. You've got to start at the origin. You've got to start with those stories and what you're thinking, but it is within you. It's not the next thing outside of yourself. That's going to make the difference in your business. Here's the cool thing. Once you really do start tapping into this and do the work with a joy in your heart, because you're programming your mind, all the new tactics that you decide to use at that point actually work. You have been listening to the Epic Success Podcast with Dr. Shannon Irvin. Subscribe and tune in next week to learn more on how to build your epic life and business. Only you have your God-given talents, gifts, and story to give to the world. Now go out and build the epic life and business that you love.